0: What is the neurological basis of curiosity? What are the different kinds of curiosity, and how do you play and curiosity support brain health, increase social connection? Curiouser, the new science of insight and innovation, read by its author, Dr. Nancy Ellen Miller. That's me. And welcome back to another episode of so Forging Ahead into the third chapter dedicated to your brain on curiosity. How is curiosity formed in the brain? How is it maintained? What does it really mean on a neurological level to have your curiosity peaked, as they say? We're gonna dig a little bit into a famous, what is becoming a famous, neurotransmitter, neurochemical, neuromodulator called dopamine. You may have heard about it. It's what motivates us. It's what uh, every time you see a like on your Facebook or your LinkedIn or Instagram, it's that neurochemical it makes us curious to see who liked our post, who liked our photograph, who gave us a thumbs up. Well, There's a lot going on there in the brain. It's a survival mechanism. It's it's closely related to your motivation networks, or what some call your brain reward system. Cats are curious about the corners of your closet and the crevices beneath your cabinets. Dogs can't help but sniff through every garden in spring. Animals need to remember where their resources are, the brains are almost always searching their environments. One of the most important instinctual emotional systems of the brain, writes Yak Pansip in The Archeology span of Mind, is the one that allows animals to search for, find, and acquire all of the resources that are needed for survival. Pansip aptly names that neurological system the seeking system. Humans are seekers too. We have the same ancient brain system, the same expectation that if we continue to search, we'll be rewarded with food, knowledge and opportunity. If you've ever felt euphoric anticipation when you enter a bakery and catch the scent of rosemary focaccia, you know how great it feels when something arouses your seeking system. There is often greater pleasure in the anticipation of sinking your teeth into that bread than there is in the first bite itself. It's the same pleasure you feel sitting in a restaurant, waiting for a delicious meal. It's that restless joy you get in the seat of an airplane when you imagine the embrace of a long anticipated loved one. It's a thrill of envisioning the welcoming and fold of your duvet on a long commute home at night. In 1954, James Olds and Peter Milner from McGill University discovered how acutely the seeking system motivates the brain to do just about anything. In an experiment where they trained lab rats to press a lever, which released electrical impulses to rush through several regions of the rats' brains, Olds and Milner found something astonishing. The feeling of arousal was so intense that the rats returned to the lever obsessively, compulsively. They developed an uncontrollable urge to feel that pleasurable train of impulses again and again and again. The rats acted like gamblers on the way to slot machines, thrill seekers savoring the anticipation of a new adventure. What and Milner called the brain reward system didn't need any external or sensual stimuli. There was no Sylvia as we talked about in a previous chapter, in the Trevi Fountain, inviting the rats to move closer towards the lever. No whiff of warm bread, pulling them closer to explore. We often think of the source of our motivation as extrinsic. We need to think of an external award to get us going. An extrinsic reward may act as an incentive, but it's the electrical and chemical stimulation of the brain's own circuitry it triggers your insatiable desire to know, your endless curiosity to learn, your undying longing to create. In the same way, when you travel somewhere rich in sensual detail, a night market in Marrakesh, a flower market in Amsterdam, it's hard not to feast on the food for your imagination. But your brain doesn't need to feast on external stimuli to motivate it to think and act creatively. If you can't get to Marrakesh, or you've missed the train to Amsterdam, you can enrich your curiosity, increase your enthusiasm, and up your motivation by remaining where you are. Your imagination has a vault of memories for you to explore at will. And the present moment is curiouser than you may think. There are proverbs in English so ubiquitous that they've now turned into platitudes. Necessity is the mother invention. When life throws you lemons, make lemonade. But there's neurological truth to both, provided you're neither debilitated by necessity nor besieged by lemons. A lack of satisfaction can trigger both your motivation and your curiosity. If you're down in the dumps, hungry for company, or fed up with your situation, the search for a solution counteracts the fear that things will never change. If you feel lonely, the anticipation of meeting new people might be enough to incite your enthusiasm to seek out meaningful community. If you're unsatisfied at work, gather information. It offers you the hope and the optimism you need to strategically plan your next move. The richer your curiosity, the more you'll learn. The more you learn, the greater amount of knowledge you'll be able to use creatively to your benefit. The pleasure of seeking often brings its own rewards. It appears in all kinds of activities, often under the pretense of achieving a specific outcome. When you shop for a new outfit, for example, your goal is to find one. But it's often more delightful to browse through the rack of colourful fabrics than it is to walk away with a single item. Fly fishing will likely bore you unless you learn to enjoy the casting as much as the catching. The act of seeking is often more satisfying than securing what's sought. Viktor Frankl never tells his readers that finding the meaning of life will bring them happiness. Instead, it's the search for meaning that gives life its joy and its purpose. A healthy and functioning seeking system keeps you engaged with the world It's what motivates you to learn. It's where your daemon hangs out. The seeking system creates the neural conditions that enable you to do the simplest things, like brew coffee and answer emails. It gives you the motivation over time to meet your long-term goals, whether that be writing a book, building a company, or developing a new treatment for cancer. Driven by dopamine, the seeking system is what Pangsip calls a complex knowledge and belief-generating machine. To him, the pleasure of seeking explains why humans turn to a deity for direction when a crisis appears beyond human control. When people believe that praying to a higher power will have an effect on the outcome, Pangsip says it gives them the hope and the optimism they need to maintain their momentum, their motivation to keep going. Despite the real psychological benefits of the seeking system, it's not an intrinsically moral system. It can drive the brain towards fundamentalism just as easily as it can turn it towards altruism. It can lead to workaholism just as easily as it can motivate someone to act for the social good. To keep the seeking system in pursuit of psychologically beneficial rewards, the brain needs to maintain a high level of awareness. When the brain is aware of its surroundings, its choices, and their consequences, it's easier to delay gratification and make wiser decisions. When you lead your behavior with awareness, there's a greater chance you'll choose paths that will benefit you and your organization in the long-term. Instinct compels most people to flee a burning building, rightly so. But firefighters, for example, are equipped physically and psychologically to ignore instinct and head into the flame. You may not be a firefighter whose purpose calls you to run headlong into burning buildings, but apply the metaphor to anything difficult you've had to perform to carry out your quote-unquote higher purpose what trials by fire have you gotten through pay close attention to those moments when your instincts beg you to quit and your higher brain function comes up with the courage to carry on your instinct may say let's get out of here But your prefrontal cortex aligned consciously with your values says not now i have to fill my purpose or in sanskrit as we looked at in the introduction my dharma if you've ever found it difficult to carry out tasks that you usually have the stamina to face don't be hard on yourself it might be that your seeking system has gone offline Deprived of curiosity and fed with too much negative rumination, your brain might fall into states of distress, depression, and despair. When the seeking system crashes, people lose their motivation, their drive, their sense of purpose. If you've ever gone through clinical depression, you know what it feels like when your brain is low on neurotransmitters. It can be hard to find motivation to get out of bed, let alone seek meaning and purpose in your day. All the traits associated with goal seeking, enthusiasm, energy, enjoyment, fall captive to hopelessness. Recovery from clinical depression takes intervention on many fronts, but a consciously curious mind can help prevent an episode. The neural networks associated with curiosity energize us and motivate us. That in itself contributes to pleasurable feelings which aid in warding off rumination and regret. Mindfulness Break Conscious Curiosity When the sight of a fabulous outfit, the scent of a delicious meal, or the allure of a beautiful face catches your interest, your motivation and reward circuit, centered in the nucleus accumbens is activated, dopamine invokes your desire, serotonin satiates it, you feel pleasure. But the nucleus accumbens doesn't work alone. Neurons in the midbrain synthesize the dopamine that axons send to the nucleus accumbens. Also modulated by dopamine, the prefrontal cortex plays a role. It's where you plan the steps to get what you want. That rush of neurotransmitters prepares you to take action in the world. Dopamine is what gives you the motivation to seek goals, to learn, to work on meaningful projects. It's what gives you your appetite for life. Anything that piques your curiosity can activate your motivation and reward circuit. But since we all have unique life experiences and individual associations to stimuli, our interests in the world differ. One person's curiosity might be piqued by car engines driving her desire to study engineering. Another might find flowers fascinating, leading him to get serious about horticulture. Whatever your inclination, take the following steps to stay conscious of your naturally curious mind. Stay awake to what intrigues you, what motivates you, what turns on your pleasure and reward system. Some people love debating politics, others prefer discussing recipes. Get curious about your own interests. Be open to new hobbies. Explore. Don't limit yourself to activities that have piqued your pleasure in the past. Don't put your curiosity in a box. It's rewarding for the brain to turn toward new experiences throughout life. Novelty is a motivator in itself. Look for fresh ways to engage with familiar projects. Look closely at overlooked details and explore what you may have missed. Practice combinatory play. An activity that Albert Einstein advocated. Dabble playfully in different pursuits. If you played the piano for 10 years, don't stop. But dabbling in the flute or even indulging in wordplay can up your curiosity quotient. A new perspective refreshes your pleasure in reward circuits, releases dopamine, and energizes the brain. Consciously adopt a new perspective. Pull an Alice in Wonderland. Imagine yourself shrinking or growing or finding new functions for everyday objects or put yourself imaginatively in someone else's shoes. Take short pleasure breaks. Write a list of activities that give you pleasure. Divide up your workday, punctuating it with opportunities to release motivating neurotransmitters. Dance for 10 minutes, garden for 20 minutes, drink a cup of aromatic tea, mindfully savoring each sip. Consciously attend and savor small pleasures. It will increase your dopamine. Use your imagination and savor the present moment. When you travel somewhere, like a mountain in Peru or a temple in India, savor every sensation. But your brain doesn't need external stimuli to feel that pleasure and fascination for life. Take a trip through your imagination. Revel in a pleasant memory. The smile of your grandmother's face. The scent of firewood. Whatever it is that ignites the circuits of your imagination. And your pleasure. Notice the colours in the room you're in right now. Turn the living room into a night market. The hallway into a flower market, if only in your mind. The more you practice conscious curiosity, the more you will keep your brain motivated to reach any goal, however long it takes to get there. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope this brief interlude into the study of curiosity. will help you understand a little bit more how your brain works, ways to stay motivated, ways to stay consciously curious, so you can up that dopamine and get the neurochemicals you need to go where you wanna go and get where you wanna be. See you next time.